Thunder Moneyball! Boom! Splat. Boomy. Well, it was an NBA season again. 10% done already. I don't know. Basketball games are being played. How that happens so quickly, but it's only been two weeks and we've already played 10% of the season. Is that really how math works? I have no idea. Just under 10%, but something like that. Well, most teams have played like eight to nine games, 82 games in a season. So is this, are they doing the in season tournament? Is that for real going to happen? Uh, oh my gosh, I, I forgot I about that. Anything. Was that supposed to start this season? I'm not sure. I feel like the league office right has now. way too many other things that they need to think about right this minute. Only because I was going to say, maybe it's maybe they're front-loading some games because of that. No, it's next season. I was going to say, it feels like they would have been yeah, making a way. They did a big approve it. It is going to happen. For that, if it were happening already. That's true. We'd be seeing commercials all over the place, although they have been pushing the voting thing. I was going to ask you, too, about that. What do you think about how the NBA is structured around voting day? No games being played on Tuesday. And then they're doing this interesting scheduling thing the day before where they're, I think, tipping off games every 15 minutes or something. Every, it sounds kind of cool, I guess. Every team in the league is playing tomorrow, which I think I saw today is the first time that's ever happened. That's pretty cool. I don't All have 30 students teams. tomorrow. So you do or early. you don't? Oh, you, I don't. Yeah, you're going oh, nice. to watch some games. That's great. The NBA needs a thing like uh, like what the NFL has, the NFL Red Zone, where you just mm-hmm. put on one channel and it will like take you to the, the good parts of every game that's happening live. They need that. They used to have that on NBA TV with game time, but they kind of restructured it a few years ago. But I used to love getting home from Thunder Games and turning on NBA TV. And then game time would always be on and it would be coverage. And then they basically just pop into live games if there were still some going on. They do that during half, They would just do highlights of, of everything. Um, I've noticed. Yeah. Like circle yeah. around the league and show stuff that's been happening. They also show yeah, all, I miss the that in NBA arena, TV. all the in arena stuff in League Pass, which I find is very fun. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, I like I, that. I think I told you guys has a... Uh, a grandma dance team, which, uh, which <laughs> yeah, is you excellent. Showed, yeah, you said that. And they also have a one of the in arena cams that looks at people is a uh, reverse eating camera. So it shows. That's, wait, what? It, yeah, it shows uh, people uh, eating food in reverse. No, that's yes. not something I'm interested oh, it's, in. It's, it, is oh, no. it is excellent. <laughs> no, it no. It is excellent. <laughs> that belongs way, on the Reddit way thread. Better, way way better. Thanks, I hate it. Way better and more interesting than the kiss cam. I'll say that. I, um, of course it is, but also I hate <laughs> it. So I've also noticed that there have been at least three different games this season that the Thunder have played on the road where the halftime entertainment has been some form of of an old guy stacking things and standing on top of them. It's just oh. that. There was one where a guy stacked like just a bunch of these weird uh like metal cube things 
and he just kept getting on them. And then there was this other guy who stacked a bunch of chairs in weird positions and then climbed up them. It's very peculiar. And I'm like, you know, I'm glad these guys have work, but uh, there's uh, probably a good reason this is not seen by anyone else in the world. Right. I mean, we are talking about it on this podcast. Uh, hey, it's, it struck uh, uh, with me. It, it hit something inside <laughs> me. So <laughs> so is it art? Is it art? I think it is art. I mean, it's certainly uh. ballsy for these old yeah, guys to I, get that high up in the air and risk uh, ending their life uh, that's right. for the amusement of 6,000 people in uh, Detroit, you know? You I know, since the, since the one halftime performance at a Thunder game that I believe was in the first or second season, I think you guys will know what I'm talking about, when the magician submerged herself in the water or whatever, yeah, and then yeah. they locked the top, and it went terribly wrong, and they basically had to save her. And then in the third quarter, she came out awkwardly and waved at the crowd, and everyone clapped like, hey, she it didn't die, everyone, so enjoy the game. I haven't seen anything like that since that happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> like imagine any being NBA arena. the halftime producer at the game being like, well, what the hell are we going to do? People can't think she's dead. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you got to get her out. She doesn't want to say you hi to everybody else. You got to go out there. I, I don't want to do You have to. You, I, it's, just, it's part of it's, it's, you, Your lawyer signed that contract. That's part of this. This is part of it. You have to make sure that we don't look bad. <laughs> I have seen something like that recently because I watched The Prestige, and that's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about, uh, sorry, I was sidetracked thinking about just kind of those kind of oddball jobs, and I always frequently talk about the people that change light bulbs in stadiums because their insurance is insane, and those bulbs are huge, and they just go up several hundred feet in the air in a cherry picker, and just remove giant bulbs and then put new ones in. What and every time they do that job, they can die. Every single time they could just die. <laughs> do you guys remember the game? Was it the all-star game where there, it was raining in the arena? Like yeah. It was raining so hard outside that it was coming through. And then they had to like stop the game for like 20 minutes. And they showed footage of these people up on the freaking beams. Yeah. Like, trying to patch the hole in the roof. Yeah. They're so casual about it. And I'm like, this is, listen, man, I remember watching uh, that one wrestler that died. Owen Hart. I, yeah, Owen Hart. Owen Hart. I watched that. I We had that on pay-per-view, and I freaking saw that shit. Yep. When he fell and died horrifically. Yeah. Don't mess with that, It man. takes nothing. It takes nothing. Heights, the breeze, it, it, I, that is to not be a phobia. Like, a fear of heights is real. Like, <laughs> if you hit the ground, <laughs> you're going to die. That's what's going to happen next. That is an excellent, that's an excellent bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fear of heights is not a Honestly, phobia. the people that are <laughs> smart, the people that are scared of heights are not scared of high. They're yeah. scared of death falling to their death it's yeah. not being high it's it's the falling that scares them the potential of falling <laughs> yep. oh Oof. that's excellent <laughs> you know it's not excellent the, guys oh sorry oh, yeah i was gonna, i was gonna say what it was gonna be a good segue i could feel it uh but i that, <laughs> that used to be like 
the really kind of corny thing that the commentators would say when Blake Griffin was dunking all the time. Like, do you think he's afraid of heights all the way up there? And then I'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like he's jumping. He's, he's jumping from the ground. He's not he's not dunking off of skyscrapers. Anyway. <laughs> That's that's the comic book hero that I want to see a movie made of. Su- Superman, but he's afraid of heights. <laughs> yes. He can fly. Like he just can, but he just won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. The very 2022 comic book <coughs> character. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh we got to we got to address this just a little bit. Um What the fuck? Kyrie Irving, like, <laughs> seriously, what the fuck? What, what, what is, I don't under, I don't know. I don't understand. I've obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this. It's been in NBA news, uh, incessantly. It's like the only thing that people have been talking about, uh, that's not like actual basketball talk, uh, for a couple of weeks now. And I've seen all the different arguments and I've seen like how it's coincided with the stuff that that's happened with Kanye West and the stuff that's uh, happening with Elon Musk and Twitter and like all this other shit. What do you guys think about this? Um, You mentioned something this morning, Victor, in our group chat about how this new uh, there's been several different like developments and things that have come out about basically how Kyrie his path to getting back onto the team and playing after his suspension. And now they've lit, they've delivered this like laundry list of items and, uh, which I want to be clear, I think are all things that he should have to do and are great. I, I don't know that we're, it's, it's now the other side of the whole problem with everything which is now that there are uh, performances and appearances to upkeep. Uh-huh. Uh, him having to do all that stuff, fine. And the fact that we got to this point is already bothering me that this is so much news because I just the way I generally feel about lifting up regular human beings. <laughs> Us knowing all of this doesn't do anyone any favors and is only the NBA and the Nets mostly trying to get ahead. And it feels a bit virtue signally to be like, these are all the things he's going to have to do to be back on our team, which to me, and the first thing I thought when I read that is I can't wait to see what shitty thing Kyrie says now that they made this thing public. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I'm like, I, we could have just not known about this. And then he did all this stuff. Right, And if they were interested at all in any type of, I don't know, actually him come to any terms or any type of adjustment in his particular, uh, not even viewpoint, but just the way that he was carrying himself and moving through the situation, that see the, or the, uh, the ability of that to seem organic has now been completely taken away. Right. <laughs> now everyone knows he has this checklist of things that he must do that now it's like you either want to do this thing that you love. That's the thing that you want to be doing for the rest of your life that while you can, or you're going to do this list of things that is now chores for your 18 year old body uh, for you to hit your parents later and do them spitefully. (laughs) Like I, this is a, uh, this, this is a common thing in today's world where 
this thing came out, this little list of, of yeah, chores essentially is really all it is. Like it's, this entire thing has been like, it's, it's re-delivering me t- early teenage trauma about mowing the lawn and taking the trash out. Like it's the same shit. And the, the thing is that we've seen this happen in other areas of, of uh, popular culture where if someone go- does do something and then later it comes out that those things they did were just conditions in order to get what they wanted, like right. after the fact, then you get backlash then, right? So in this right. instance, it just has come out first. And yeah, I'm kind of wondering like where it, where it came from. I mean- from what I could read, Joe Sai has been trying to talk to Kyrie ever since this whole thing happened, and Kyrie has ignored him at every single step. He's ignored every one of his messages and, I guess, attempts to communicate about this. So in some ways, I kind of would believe that Joe Sai is probably just like, he just called up Shams and was like, hey, just put this out there because I'm done with this shit. I'm done with, with trying to work with this guy, and he's not even uh, attempting to meet me halfway. But I agree with you entirely. Like it's, there's no way because they've already they've already made a demand that he apologize. That was in the original, the original thing, and he did issue an a quote unquote apology that was so half assed that you could see right through it. Like it didn't seem sincere in any way. And now here we are again, and like you're gonna make him do this again and do all these other things. And yeah, here's, there's just here's no way for look, it to feel right, feel organic. My devil's advocate, my devil's advocate is there is still a scenario where Kyrie was just very dumb and completely uh, just out of pocket and sharing any type of, hey, check out this movie and didn't like really process what that would look like to be like, hey, check out this movie. Oh, wasn't thinking at all about any of this anti-Semitic stuff. And then he, in his own body, does not, like, that's not occurred to him that he might be anti-Semitic because he probably is not. <laughs> but, and then this is all happening. And he's like, I am not about to tell everyone that I'm not an anti-Semite just because you want me to say that, which is just being a brat at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, so there's a scenario there where I also understand that that amount of, uh, what's the, I don't know that amount of terse, just like punk nature of just like, mm, I know that I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm not going to just say those words just so that you feel comfortable about what happened earlier. But at the same time, there was no apology really for anything that meant anything, which is the reason where we are, where we are right now, because it's very easy to just say, I'm not an anti-Semite. <laughs> like that's, that's it. Yeah, I I I've I find it difficult to give him any sort of leeway when it comes to like being truly ignorant about what he was sharing. I just right. like I feel like if you're in this position, if you do, if you like take for example, it's a little different, but take for example the when the stuff with Ime Udoka first happened and we talked about this last time. I mentioned it. Um mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, Matt, Barnes. Matt Barnes. He came out like totally on the side of Ime Odoka. And then like the next day he was like, hey, I'm sorry. I've been to, I talked to some people and I found out some stuff and I should not have been so quick with all that. And he like 
completely changed course after a day of of you know of rec- of reconciling with it within his own circle. So yeah, I mean Kyrie maybe maybe he didn't know. Although I think he has said that he did watch the whole movie. So it's like if you really didn't know, man, I don't know. But giving him even giving him the benefit of the doubt there, the fact that it this be, this has been an issue for now for like two weeks. And it, we're right. still talking about it. Like, I don't think he gets to hide behind the I'm dumb because he doesn't think he's dumb, even though I think most people probably recognize he's not really that. He's not as smart as he thinks he is. Right. Most, most people aren't, frankly, but he's in the public eye. And so it's magnified. Uh, <laughs> we are. We have a podcast. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Jeremy, do you have anything you want to say about this? I mean. I mean, I don't like any of no. it, to be honest with you. And in a perfect world, Kyrie would just be kicked out of the NBA and we would never have to see him or think about him again. Yep. That's what honestly would make me happy. Yeah. But in the world that we live in, that's not going to happen. So the quote unquote punishment that was handed down, fine, I guess. I don't think it solves anything, to be honest with you, except it makes Kyrie kind of mad, which is fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, dude. I, I think that it feels like the only actual... It just feels like there's no, this is, it's, it's jumped the shark. Like everything about Kyrie has jumped the shark at this point. I don't see how there's any possible way that he could continue with the nets. And I don't see any of the team willing to take him on at this point. So it's like, it really just feels like he needs to take at least the full season, if not two seasons away from basketball and like do whatever he needs to do to, figure his own stuff out and, you know, from the, the PR side of it, you know, rehabilitate his brand, I guess, if you want to be, if we want to talk about the commercial side and then, and then maybe we could re-engage with this in a couple of years when it's not so fresh and like immediate, but I, I I'm with you, Jeremy. I feel, it feels like the only, the only reasonable and actual solution to this is, is the one that is not going to happen. So it's like, this is just going to keep happening. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I wish he wouldn't have freaking said it. Wish he wouldn't have done it. I wish he wouldn't think that the earth was flat. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> can't get what you want, I guess. Anyway. Sure can't. Sorry to what's start this Brooklyn out on a Nets? bummer. No, that's cool. Um, what's the Brooklyn Nets record right now? How are they starting the season? Well, they just won back-to-back games for the first time this year. So... Uh, let me look here. They are four and six. Same. Uh, actually, we have a better record than they do. But they are 10th in the East. The last time Kyrie played, they were one and six. No, one and five. I want to say. What is that environment like? You know, what's it like in that locker room? What's it like during their practices? <laughs> I'm kind of fascinated by that because I said it all year last year and I'm going to say it again here, but it's kind of for a different reason. I feel like they're just not a real team. There's like, there's too much drama within the basketball that, that makes me believe that they're a real team. It, it I just can't connect with them as being like a real team that could actually like compete in the league. You know, I'm not I'm not saying they're a bad team. I mean, I think that it's way too early to predict one way or another on that. But 
I don't know. It is kind of fascinating. I hope like in a few years we see some documentary about behind the scenes of the Brooklyn Nets front office and everything in this little time frame here because man, they've had a they've had a lot of a lot of turbulence, you know. It's been a giant mess there, man. I mean, this isn't this isn't <laughs> yeah, even talking about the fact that they fired their head coach already in the season. They're the first team to, with a head coach to be gone. Steve Nash was ousted. They've got a guy in Ben Simmons that is coming back that is like very obviously a shell of whatever he used to be, which is already a big question mark and is not helping the team win at all. Kyrie is a giant distraction and they they have Kevin Durant who's playing incredibly well as he always does. But what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. There's just no, there's no cohesion. It feels like. Did Steve Nash ever really get a chance to coach there? No. No. I mean, I mean, honestly, he took the team to the playoffs, right? And he was there multiple seasons and all that, but I don't think so either. I don't think he ever got a chance to really coach the way that he wanted to coach based on the personnel that he had and based on the maybe the pressure of the situation, having those star players. I mean, when Kevin and Kyrie first got together, a lot of people think that it was going to be just dominant, you know, but it's been anything but that. I didn't even, I had forgotten that he, that was, this was his third season. I was sitting here thinking it was his second season the whole time. He's been there a while. He has. I kind of feel bad for him because, I mean, a, a lot of the analytics guys, you know, I mean, Van Gundy was going after him big time on the broadcast the other, not not going after Steve Nash, going after the, the Brooklyn Nets organization about firing him. I mean, he was he was holding no punches, you know, and it just makes me think like, Okay, Steve Nash, we don't really know if he could be a really good coach in the league yet, even though he has coached in the league and even taken uh, a team to the playoffs. But I think that everyone around basketball and everyone that's knowledgeable about like Steve Nash's, uh, you know, personality and intellect around the game thinks that he could be like a really, really great coach. So it's kind of fascinating to me. You know, I'm interested to see what happens next with him. He even got like, you know, superheated and like tossed out of a game this year. Yeah. Which was pretty fun oh, to watch. He? I have never seen him that animated ever, ever, ever. Even as a competitor, I have never seen him in a referee's grill like that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember that. Wasn't it his last game? Or did he yeah. coach one more game after that? I he, he coached one more after that. He coached one more after that. <laughs> they were probably like, okay, we can't talk. We can't fire him after he gets tossed from a game. Let's let him coach one more. It was, and it, he was warranted. Like they, they were being very shifty with some calls, and immediately did not call the same thing they called on him down the field. And he blew a gasket, like he was seeing red clearly. Well, he got a he got a tech early. I remember. Yeah, and that was it, as soon as you get a tech in the first quarter, it's like okay, that just increased your odds of getting tossed in the game by like eighty percent. Right. Because if you're already pissing the refs off in the first quarter, you got no more, you know, there's no more leeway there. Yeah. You got no more slack. Yeah, I, I, I think that he could he could coach. Who was it that I saw uh that said, you know, if you took if you gave Steve Nash the same roster that Steve Kerr has had, he would have won a championship with him too. So and we we've we've been talking about for a couple of years now about the like has Steve Kerr even really approved him or proved himself as a coach? Um, so yeah, I think that I, I think Steve Nash could will find a place. 
and I'm sure that he'll be successful. Uh, I'll say this. He, he probably so. won't ever have to – like he has probably already had the worst coaching experience of his life already, so – Right. it's all uphill from here <laughs> yeah that's true when you look at it like that it's like the next place i kill can be worse than this place unless i go to the lakers yeah i don't even oh boy so uh eastern conference let's stay over here for a little bit bucks the only undefeated team including the loss that they handed the thunder yesterday without Giannis, and then the calves as we all thought, the Cavs look really great this year. They're the only one-loss team in the whole league. So uh, not much of a surprise there. And I, I feel really good about the Bucks, just like I have in the last few seasons, I'd say. Oh, man. The Bucks are on is on the, the best start of for a season since the Warriors had in 15-16 when they started 24-0. Um, Didn't you guys think yeah. they looked impressive without Giannis? God, too? it was. I it mean, was insane, man. They were so. Yeah. It was pretty tight. nice watching Surge too. You know, like I was watching Surge and I was like, "Wow, he he still got it." You know, like he still got pretty good timing around the rim. He's not what he once was, but he still he still has it. You know what I mean? He can still do it. Um, I still think he's a really valuable player in the league. Like watching him in that game yesterday, I hadn't seen him play since last season, and. It's like, yeah, I felt good for Serge, honestly, even though it was at the Thunder's detriment. I think it's a perfect model for what the Thunder are trying to build because you have a team where every person understands their role. They understand what they are there to contribute to the team. And then you have a giant superstar at the head of the team. And that's exactly what the Thunder are building. I mean, the Thunder have, have have had so many different guys play this season already, and we we've had the most uh, most double digit scores in the league by by like two or three players. I think thirteen of our fifteen guys have had double digit scoring games. Um, and yeah, I mean the the Bucks were missing Giannis, Chris Middleton, um. I think wasn't there a third guy that they didn't have out there? Either way, I mean you're uh, missing you're missing your top two guys. And did yet, Drew play? Yeah, he played. Yeah, he played. Yeah, man, they're just I really impressive. They're very impressive. I liked watching Drew go up against Lou Dort because it's like a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was a fun matchup. He he got him a couple yeah. times too. Lou did. He he held his own on them, but yeah, we we. We fought valiantly. I'm proud of the way that we fought. We got it back to within 10 in the fourth quarter, but yeah. they just could not miss from three. Uh, and oh, gosh. Brooke they were Lopez red hot. Insane. Bobby Porter said 20 rebounds. I mean. <laughs> gosh. Yeah, crazy eyes. They, are, they have shown themselves to be the team to beat so far this season, and I'm happy for that, man. I, I really enjoyed that playoff run where they won a couple years ago. I, I have not felt as much uh just pining for a uh, human as i have for Giannis uh in the nba <laughs> they're a very likable he team so, you know he is the most likable person i've ever seen in, as a professional athlete it's insane i want them to succeed and they're doing it well they might they're i mean they're on the track to do it right now the Cavs so. are playing the lakers right now and they're up by 12 in the fourth Nice. Cavs looking good. I mean, that trade looked to 
benefit them, and it did. Although on the other side of things, the Utah Jazz have been a little bit of a surprise this year. That's making me angry. seven and three so yeah, far. I'm frustrated. Any sense. <laughs> it may be like a, no uh, a Russell Westbrook trade situation, you know, where they're good for a year or so, and then and then they have to like build it up. Maybe I had that thought because I don't know what their plans are with Sexton and those other guys. Mm. Um, you know, they may just be keeping him around for now, but it's full. It's I don't know. I don't know what their long term plan is. They don't have any. They shouldn't have any any grand expectations this year. So it's all just they're playing with house money, you know, which I guess good yeah, for exactly. them. I don't like the Utah Jazz. I've never liked the Utah Jazz, but they're playing well. Doing things, doing things. Let's see, and the Phoenix Suns, seven and two, top of the Western Conference. Not not very surprising, but. I maybe would have picked another team in the West to be at the top after 10 games or however many they've played. Devin Booker is averaging 27, five and four. So he's not one of the top scorers in the league, but scoring is up really high so far this year, but he's been solid. It is. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how, uh, this, the scores have been so high for all the games so far. And especially considering that uh, the refs are cutting down on all that stuff that we talked about in the messaging, the carries and the travels and all that stuff. It seems like the Thunder get called for that stuff like a lot Man. every single game. That is our I, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I think that's one of our biggest weaknesses so far. We just do not know how to not foul. Oh, no, it's too hard. The the Suns <laughs> just the Suns did just lose Cam Johnson. Uh, he has a right. torn torn meniscus, so he'll probably be out for a couple months at least. Um, he was good for them in the playoffs uh, he, two years ago. He's I like think. fourth in on the team in minutes, so that won't be nothing they're going to have to overcome. But so far, they're playing well. We've they've shown hey right. they've shown themselves to be a good regular season team. I'm not sure that that's what matters anymore though for them. Uh, Memphis has been pretty good, although they've they've. I think there's they still have a little bit of slop to them sometimes, and it seems right. like some they come into some games and they're just like not really that invested. I think that one of the reasons why I thought that um, Job Morant was a good choice for MVP pick was I did see that Jaron Jackson was going to be out for a while, and I mean he's I mean he's really really good. He, he doesn't get talked about a whole lot because when people talk about Men- Memphis, they either talk about Jaw or they talk about like the whole team. Yeah chemistry you know but i mean he's he's a really really good player that delivers like pretty much every time he played like right out of the gate so when he comes back if they're in a good position that could really put them in a position where they could you know charge toward the playoffs with a lot of confidence i think he'd said he'd be out for like two months or something like that our boy steven adams is eating over there just like we thought he would yes Love you, Steven. He's leading lead the league in offensive rebounding percentage again. I, I saw this quote where someone asked him. They were like, I don't know, some re- stupid journalist formatted question about rebounds. And he was like, well, yeah, mate, I'm a big bastard. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, I'm like bigger than everyone else. Of course I'm going to get him. That's Steven Adams' logic. That's awesome. I love it. John Morant's numbers aren't. Terribly impressive. Well, I, yeah, I he had a couple really. Good I mean, twenty nine points to start per game. the season. But I, like I said, I think he's been 
I don't know. They've kind of fallen under the radar a little bit. Jaw had yeah. like 44 and then like 46 in the like game two and three or something like that. He's 50% for th- from three in eight games. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty good. Especially for him. You wouldn't think that of him. You know, you wouldn't predict that. He is a driver, not so much a shooter. He's third in the league in drives per game. Yeah, I believe that. Where's Shea at with drives? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shea Shea is the very top in the league in drives per game by a pretty pretty good margin, actually. And here's the thing. What is his field goal percentage on the year? Shea's uh, at 53.8, so he's higher than Jaw. Everyone knows that he's going to the rim, and they legitimately cannot stop him. They cannot (laughs) stop him. (laughs) They cannot stop him. They cannot stop him. Um, but excellent. I guess while we're here, I just want to say, I just want to go ahead and address this. So Shea leads the league in drives per game at 25, right? Number two is Luca. He has 21.9 and then jaw at 21.8 and then Jalen Brunson at 18. So like there's clearly a giant gap between Shea and everyone else. Luca and jaw are like a little bit above everyone else, but it's Shea's clearly the number one guy here. But then I go over here and I look at free throw attempts per game. And where is Shea fall here? All the way down to like 20th in the league. Right, which is dumb. It is so, so freaking frustrating, man. Mm-hmm. He, he drives and he drives and he ends up on the ground almost every single time. And they never call anything. And I'm so tired of it, man. I'm so tired of it and it's just going to get more obnoxious as the season goes on because they're not going to just change it and i, I truly think i truly think and th- this uh, can be seen on the on a little bit on the other side of the 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 floor too for the thunder as a whole it's because we're the youngest team in the league the refs are just not willing to give us any of that any of the juice man they're just not we're not going to get the same sort of treatment as lebron or any of the older guys in the league, or even someone like Ja, who is, uh, you know, a proven playoff like phenom, you know, right? But man, it just it's it's frustrating because it just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem really fair to me. Like Shea should be averaging way more than, uh, I mean this this list says two point eight per game, which that can't be right. He's got to be averaging more than that. Yeah, I think I saw that it was like. Seven. Let me look though. Well, I just think that it is partly the youth thing. I also think that Shea is a difficult person to decide that something is bothering him. He is that smooth heading to the basket every it's single day. It's true. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, he's averaging that. over seven free throw attempts a game. Ninety six point five percent. Very, very impressive. Now think about if he was averaging like 11 or 12 a game. I mean, I bet you it would still be in the 90s, you know? Like, yeah. that would be insane. And he might get there, honestly. Like, if he keeps playing the way he does, eventually he'll get a, a little more respect from referees, I think. Right. Why in the world does this not only show 2.8? That just doesn't make sense. Anyway, they only show 6.4 per game for Giannis. Something's missing on this list, but it's okay. Odd. Very odd. 
Uh, you know who can hit threes, and it's real pretty when he does, is Isaiah Joe, and I love it. Oh, man. I love it a lot. I kind of am like, why? <laughs> I'm kind of like, why? Can he, why is it that happening? <laughs> Your name is Isaiah Joe. I, how, how are you making threes? I'm almost completely convinced, guys, that the only reason he had that insane game is because his name was in the title of our last episode. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's right. I really right, what else can we influence? Now that we've realized our power, how can we affect the team in, in other ways? Right. <laughs> he hit a couple yesterday, too, that yes, looked really did. good, though, you know? He was he, uh, he helped get us back from 24 down to 10. I mean, he, he came oh, yeah. in, and he Dive and Jang person. and uh, who else was in the game at that point? Ken Rich was in the game. They all came in and, like, helped change the way, change the flow. Now, part of that was that Brooke Lopez was out and freaking Javon Carter was out, who is the new uh, irritant under my skin. Like, you <laughs> yeah, have no business kind of being as good as you are, but for whatever reason, when you play the Thunder, you can mm-hmm. do that, I guess. Yeah, Isaiah Joe has been uh, a... A, uh, a very, very nice signing. I was very confused oh, when he was picked up, but it makes sense now. I get what Presti saw in him. He's not as, young, quite as young as the other guys, so it's like, you know, he, he kind of had a little bit of a reputation already. So it's excellent. Beside, besides him and besides Shay, uh, who are the other guys on the team that have – surprised you in a positive way so far have you been impressed with anyone's play personally i think poku's done some nice things when he's played was he injured yesterday is that why he didn't play he was out for uh he had a shoulder thing i guess yeah i feel like poku even though he he still makes mistakes it he looks like he's starting to understand the game more you know what i mean like it looks like he's starting to understand pace more and to understand like keeping I don't know. I'm having a tough time putting it into words. I mean, he doesn't look like a rookie anymore. I mean, I know no. it's his third year and everything, but he's starting to look like like he is actually a player in the league, or he could be. You know what I mean? I saw someone say it on Twitter, where it's like they said, "It's crazy how, while watching the game yesterday, how it feels like we're missing Poku right now," which yeah. is not <laughs> yeah. that's not something you would have thought before, but like. It's it's true. I was sitting there thinking some point in the third quarter, like, man, we could use Poku. And then I remember that he was hurt, and I was like, wait, I just had that thought. <laughs> like, organically, my brain, that means that he is something now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's had some pretty nice blocks at the rim this year, too. Well, oh, nice, absolutely. Nice know? blocks. He's had, he he's moving the ball well. He's like, he's not, He it doesn't look like he's thinking anymore. He's now just yeah, playing. Yeah, basketball, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Which if it that if it took two years to get to that point, then I guess that's what it took. But he's been very valuable. He he and um the other guy that I think has been playing very well, uh, and he has to, is Darius Baisley. Yeah. I think Bays yeah, has, has yeah. really I, I'm with that too. Really slotted into his role and he is now like a defensive force for us. And he may be the best rim protector we have. I think we talked about that last year as well. I mean, he's also had some really nice blocks at the rim. There was, I mean, he definitely had some flashes of it last year for sure. 
Uh, I think he's leading us, leading the team in blocks. Yeah, he's got these three and a half blocks per 100 possessions, which is uh, over a whole block more than Poku. Um, you see where he yeah, falls for. Uh, he's third on the team in rebounds uh, per 100 possessions behind Mike uh, Moose and uh, Jay Will has uh, 25 and a half, but he's really played very little. He's only played 13 minutes so far this season at all. Um, And a lot of them were in last night's game, actually. He came into the game and I was like, this guy looks different than he looked in summer league. I get it. Honestly looked like he had gained a lot of weight. Like he looked very like kludgy and slow, which I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe Hmm. the parts of that is why he hasn't been playing that much. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't notice, but I I don't think I watched that much summer league either. So I didn't have much to compare it to. Uh, Moose has been playing well. I'm a little upset with his utilization so far there. He didn't even play in uh, the game against. Uh, I can't remember. I re- I just kept wondering, like, why in the world is oh, he Oh, yeah, yeah. Game? I remember you had texted Denver? about it. Denver. It was the Denver game. You were yeah, like, why he isn't he out there? Denver. I'm like, yeah. why? Why? Do- he can at least be a body in the in the way of, of Jokic. Like, he can get in the way of those freaking skip, skip, skip passes that Jokic throws from freaking the baseline well, to the opposite corner. In our defense, uh, Jokic is either on or off when it comes to all these assists. He had a quadruple double that night because he had 10 turnovers. <laughs> so it wasn't going so well for him. Well, <laughs> any of those passes. that leads me to another thing I saw today, which is the Thunder are leading the league in forced turnovers this year. Yes. We have a top, Their top defense 10 defense. looks active at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like they are actively trying to make an impression on that end. Like they're trying to get people to notice. I've noticed that too. And I mean, it's, the team has that presty athleticism, you know, I mean, the guy, we have a lot of like really athletic guys on the team, which creates a lot of havoc for the other team, especially when everyone's trying to run around and shoot a million threes, you know, that first quarter yesterday, it seemed like the bucks, it seemed like every possession they shot a three, like eight or nine possessions in a row, you know, it's just the, the way the game flows now. So you have to have guys that are really quick, you know, on the wings. One other guy that I'm going to bring up that has really impressed me, but I don't know that it's fair to bring him up as impressing me because he's always impressed me. JRE. Oh, yeah. He has been excellent. Oh, yeah. He's doing season. his thing. Yeah. He is, if you discount Isaiah Joe because of his low, low amount of minutes played, JRE leads the team in efficiency. He's, he has the highest true, shoot, true shooting percentage. And he is right behind Shea in every single advanced metric. In win shares, box plus minus, VORP, all these things, he is right under Shea as being like the most impactful guy on the team. Outside of Isaiah Joe, who, again, I think that that one came, that big comeback that he was a part, that he led, I think has kind of skewed his numbers for right now. But JRE has been absolutely solid. And I want to say that he is... Leading the lead, leading the team in three point percentage, which I think I ta- I mentioned as being who I expected would at the beginning of the season. Uh, he is. Yep, he's shooting forty three percent from three. 
Bays is only at 38%. He's in third on the team. Nice. I'm very impressed with Jerry and Bays. Really, all of all the guys. Trey Mann's been a little bit a little underwhelming, but uh I think that he'll he'll get that figured out a little bit more. But Shea, man, just it's uh, it's it's absurd. You know, with with Shea, I get similar feelings to him on our team as I had with Russ being on our team, where you you just watch him play and then you're like, wow, I'm glad that guy's on my team and not someone else's team. You know what I mean? Like he's special. Like no no one can do the things that he can do in the way that he do does them. You know. And he, I think that this year he's already shown improvement from how he played, you know, last season and he's still so young and he's starting this big contract. Like it, it's exciting. I, I get really excited when I watch him play, just like I got excited when I watched Russell play. Not exactly the same thing, of course, but I mean, the feelings are similar. It, it brings up the time when right the, 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 point in time in like 2011 where all the local thunder writers like started to make like these really grand proclamations about Kevin Durant that ended up coming true. Like I remember Royce young. I remember the first time he like, he made a really long, uh, daily thunder post about like Kevin Durant is it's, he's not just great. Like he is a, a truly, special like once in a lifetime kind of player I, i'm getting the same feeling when i watch shay i mean oh, yeah. every time yeah, he, yeah. he does anything i'm like this is good he's gonna get a bucket right now and but it's not just his offensive end like you you like you said have said Jer- jeremy several times if there's a shot that exists he can get it and he can make it but he is also an exceptional defender and he is a smart basketball player. And whenever we, there was uh, in that in the game with Isaiah Joe come back, we had to take the lead. It may not have been may not have been that game, but Shea Shea had played really well. I think he had like twelve points in this in one of the fourth quarters, and he led us back. And then to take the lead, he didn't take the shot. He passed to a wide open Dort, who hit the three. And it's yeah. like. He just does everything right. He makes the right decisions. He's in the right place at the right time. And he's unstoppable. Like, it's truly, he is truly a spectacular player. He is, I think I mentioned to you guys, I think he is probably the most well-rounded player we've ever had. Like, on both ends of the floor, top to bottom, everything you want to look at. Block, steals, efficiency, shooting, defense, all that. I think he's he's better than anyone. And I, I think right now he is a bona fide top five player in the world, period. Yeah. There's, yeah, that was the last thing that I think Andrew selected that we were talking about. I doubt the dunk. It was like, who would you take instead of Shea? And it's like that list is maybe three or four players in the league right now. Yeah, <laughs> like Giannis. I'm such a homer that I wouldn't Giannis. take. Giannis I wouldn't is take the anyone. only guy. Yeah, Giannis may be the only one. Yeah, yeah I, or LeBron. I, <laughs> I wouldn't take LeBron right now over Shea. No, and he, LeBron was not one of them that was on that list. He was like, maybe I'm taking Jaw because I think that Jaws may be like two percent better, but that would be not worth it because that's only two <laughs> percent. I don't even. 
Jaw, there's there's volatility to Jaw for me, and I don't, really. I can't explain that. I don't have. It's not a rational feeling, but it just feels like there's. I think maybe it's just because he's a little, he's a little too into the spotlight. He's a little too into like, yeah, himself I think I being a badass mean. because he is. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes me feel like, I don't know. It feels like he's already so high up that he's got a long way to fall now. Whereas Shay is like he, slightly under the radar, which I really yeah, appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> Jaw also wears a jersey that says Memphis, which may reignite some bad feelings. Well, you know, <laughs> he's also playing with my center. But oh, yeah, I, that's I, right. I do. I do like that fit for those guys. But yeah, I'm not but, like, like w- would you even take Luca? No. It would be a. It, I'd like Luca to, forces like you to, to play no. one type of way. It's true, man. It is yeah. true. You played Luca ball. It's just like when Russ was in. He was here. Yeah. I mean, it's like what they're finding out in L.A. Actually, if you play Russ's way, the way that it, we've been telling you guys to play, you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> Give the ball to Russ and and uh, run the floor with him, and you guys will win. Who'd have thunk? Yeah, it's all pretty difficult. I think Giannis is an easy pick, though. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, anyone in their right I, mind. I think could it not would be hard Giannis. to say no to because Giannis. most yeah. people I'm not picking because of age, honestly. And then yeah. there was like the there was like the maybe Devin Booker, but probably not. So, it's, I, I yeah, I wouldn't trade Shea for Devin. I wouldn't do that. Me it either. would it would be very hard to choose anyone. And honestly, I think some of the more under, like the the dark horse candidates, are the ones that would be smarter picks. Like maybe if you really wanted to take a risk, you take Paolo Bancaro because he's well, someone was saying, oh, it was freaking ridiculous already. It was Siakam. That's what it was. There was like no, uh, just just still young enough. Here's the problem: the dude's a <laughs> unicorn, and is very similar in being able to get to his spots in the way that he wants to. Uh, I just don't see as much defense. But it's like there's so many no's everywhere else. Trey Young has never played a lick of defense in his entire life. No, um, <laughs> like just anyone else is. They've got some type of fatal flaw that you you're not interested in because you know that Shea can do both. His his defense is only shown that it will be continuing to get better. Maybe. Maybe you could make an argument for Brandon Ingram. Right. Or maybe you could make an argument for Zion. No, those injuries are terrifying. Well, that is true. Availability is the best ability. Yeah. I I love the dude. I'm so happy he's on our team. I love I, I love watching the Thunder team. Man. I'm having more fun watching this season than I've had in years. This this already already are, could go down as in the top three Thunder team for me. They're they're so fun. You well, know? yeah. I, I think we just need to remember to um, remember that it's just fun to watch them. You know, well, like it's really fun to watch them play basketball. And then if it gets to a point where things start happening, like okay, we need to sit players. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe they make a playoff. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen. But 
They're fun to watch. We always have to remember that. Well, I, I was <laughs> watching like, a game. I tell myself that. And Sarah was like, how's the game going? I was like, well, the best part is it doesn't matter. It is very fun <laughs> to look at. Uh, if we win this game, <laughs> then it's amazing. And if we lose, that's perfectly fine. This is everything that's happening right now is great. I'm watching yeah, good yeah. basketball games. I'm watching characters or not characters, players that I'm invested in continue to develop. It's like it's the perfect season. Because the uh, there are just other teams that are just too stacked, as we saw with Milwaukee with not with three of their best players out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is kind yeah, of it's good times. a bit of the perfect season. Mm-hmm. It's like season three of Breaking Bad. Yes, where it's like ooh, get, I don't know what my favorite season getting, of Breaking getting, Bad is. I getting think into that. the meat of the. Four is actually the, the the uh well I'm not saying it's my favorite seat, but like right. uh you know it's before all hell breaks loose really yes uh and things are getting a little but they're still juicy you know yeah no I I've I love watching this team it's excellent it's so much fun uh let's see anything else around the league that we haven't touched on that's been we haven't really talked about. We really haven't talked about most of, of the East, honestly, other than Milwaukee and Cleveland. Well, who's How do you guys doing feel anything? About Philly, especially with Harden being out for a month, it looks like with his foot. Well, but they had a, a below average start with him anyway. Yeah, they started four and six, so there's nothing much to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I, I still think Doc Rivers is on the hot seat. I'm surprised yeah. he, Steve Nash. Uh, got fired first, but I was calling Doc Rivers getting fired pretty, uh, early, pretty w- w- early. Would you say that about Greg Popovich? That's my favorite thing he's ever said <laughs> in his life. And I'm like, you are not even close. Yeah, no you're way. not. Speaking of Greg Popovich, the Spurs, they started out really hot. I think they've lost now three in a row, so they're back down to earth, five and five. Like but you do. Like you How's do. Roby doing? Is he playing? Let's look. Let's see. Uh, while you're Isaiah looking Roby up, has played. The only other Six oh, games, so eleven minutes a game. Yeah, there you go. So not That's much. Consistent. Four points. I mean, he's in the rotation. Three boards. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, my uh, he'll probably play. They want to lose ultimately, so right. So I bet my bet East Coast dark horse is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you a little bit on that. I because I think that no one is really going to give them much of a chance. Right. They need. They They're really getting, need Lonzo Ball back, though, and he's going to be out for a while. Well, I was going to say they're getting some pretty quality minutes from Derek Jones Jr. Andre Drummond is aging like fine wine and only knows how to rebound the basketball. That's <laughs> all he's, he's like. So all he's ever give known, me man. the ball. Let me get it some more. Wait, there's the ball. Give it. That's that's the ball is. Like the inertia is present that it's going to be rebounding off the rim and he already has the ball somehow. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. How is he always in the right place at the right time while also (laughs) never losing any weight whatsoever? He just keeps creeping towards 300 pounds. He has half as as many rebounds as Vucevic in way less than half as many minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, the, this late late career resurgence for him is is really great to see. Uh, yeah. 
It really it just reminds me and makes me feel bad though that he he got he had to he had to sacrifice they had to he had to be sacrificed in order for Toronto to win a championship. Yeah. Because he's clearly still an excellent basketball player. It'd be cool if, guys, if they reunited at some point. Y'all know how I feel about Caruso, so any victory for Caruso is a victory for me. Truthfully. Yes. Hey agreed. Caruso is where he is because of the Oklahoma City blue. I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will take that. I'll take the credit for that for sure. <laughs> uh, jumping back to the West, just because the Thunder beat them twice, so it's fun to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about the Clippers? <laughs> what, what do we think about their path this season? How it looks? Paul George had that really, really excellent game against Houston. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kawhi, what is happening with Kawhi? I think he's is he injured now. I think. Hurt again. Yeah. On a minutes restriction, he still gets hurt. Well, now now they're saying that um, it's possible that, th- that what they thought he had was tendonitis, and now they're saying that it's possible that it's worse than that. Oh, good. Gosh. It's it's ridiculous, dude. This dude is... Is he 32? Is that how old he is? He is... He's going to turn 32. He's 31. Yeah, he was born... June 29, 1991. So he's, he is 31. He probably won't turn 32 this season, during the season, I don't think. No. no that's because that's June, because I just said that, Eddie. That's, I just <laughs> said those words. <laughs> Let's just skip the mental math and use context clues, shall we? <laughs> if Kwai's career kind of fizzles out like this, you know, where he just, like, plays and but he's like on minute restrictions and then he can never seem to stay healthy and all that like when you his name like in the in the record books in nba history when people read about him decades from now they're gonna think like man what a weird career this guy had you know because like he was so successful but like for a very short amount of time and then he made decisions that were like really controversial you know like the, the everything that was happening when he was in San Antonio where he was highly successful on one of the one of the greatest teams ever and then went to Toronto won them a championship then went to LA in dramatic fashion and that blew up the thunder ultimately like i don't know it, it's I feel like uh, on paper his career will read like really strange, you know, in the future. I, if if it kind of fizzles out like this, he may come back and who knows? Maybe the Clippers will win this year. Maybe Kendrick Perkins is right. Yeah, um, I really think that <laughs> Zaza Pachulia should be allowed to be a part of whatever thirty for thirty happens. But like everyone was talking all this <laughs> shit on me for injuring him, and all I did <laughs> was reveal the type of person that Kawhi That's Leonard right. is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was the dude has I was one of the most iconic playoff from a festering shots too, wound you know? underneath guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sure, yeah, I mean, sure, he- throw your slander at not letting him <laughs> land. <laughs> but now you know who he is. Man. When he was dominant though, he was so dominant. Yeah. I mean, those times take taking those teams to the finals and those years that he won MVP at, in San Antonio, like I mean, it, it was cra- it looked like he was going to be a player that would do that for years and years and years, you know, kind of like LeBron. But it's been a little strange the way that's happened. I, I think his career doesn't really mirror anyone else's like in NBA right. history. At least it doesn't seem like. Well, now no one's even talking about his hands anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the only one else that I can even compare really is uh, is Bill Walton. And that's only on the injury side where it's like, 
this dude was clearly so completely dominant when he was healthy, but could not stay healthy for the life of him. But that's really the only comparison there. Cause Bill Walton, like I mean, he came back and won a championship with Boston as a six or man. Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp, um, probably a decent uh, comparison. Yeah. Or like even Grant Except Hill, no drugs. Um, but Grant Hill and Sean Kemp, did Sean Kemp ever win a championship? I know Grant no. Hill didn't. I don't think he did. I mean, I think he's like Kawhi a six-time has, All-Star, has, though. Kawhi has a finals MVP on two different teams, which is like, I, I want to say he and LeBron are the only people that have ever done that. So that's a, that's yeah, a that big deal, true. you know? I mean, LeBron's won for three different teams, so I know that's Did a Shaq do that? No, because D-Wade won when he went to Miami. Oh, he went in 06? I think okay. so. I'm pretty sure he won the the finals MVP that year, because he I think he has one, and then LeBron got the other two. Okay, one of those years Kawhi did not get it. That means Tim Duncan got it because it says LeBron is the only person. For, for three, oh wait, sorry, it says LeBron with three different teams. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And then Kawhi with two. I can't think of anyone else that would have done it with two. I mean, because it, it wasn't a common thing. Like it's not it's really only in the modern NBA where you have a franchise player taking multiple franchises to championships. It used to be you had played for a franchise and you went to a championship and they used you up. There are like four a, players that have won finals MVP with multiple teams. We're forgetting one giant person. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, okay. Yeah, that yeah, is, that yeah. That is one for sure. <laughs> he is literally giant. Literally and figuratively. He's a, he's a giant person. Uh, Wilt? I'm sure. I know he won in 67 with Philadelphia, but did he win? I thought it was Jerry West that won when they won with the Lakers. Um, Actually, I guess it is just those three. This article has a lot of things they're talking about, but it's only those three. But definitely Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also. Yeah, well, Kareem, because he won his sec- in his second season, and then he didn't win for a whole decade, and then he won That's five correct. more championships and never won. I don't think he won another finals MVP after that. Yeah, he won didn't in 85. Ma- oh, he did. He did win one. I thought the Magic had him all in the 80s, but yep. either way, not a, it's a pretty short list. You got Kawhi, you got LeBron, you got... Kareem. Yeah. You know, but it's a thing these days where it's like, it's, it's not an uncommon thought um, to think that someone could win finals MVP with multiple teams. I mean, Giannis has already, Giannis has already kind of paved the way to very softly break Milwaukee's hearts later. Like he's, he's yes. been very, very clear about it. Like, yeah, I like Milwaukee, but you know, maybe someday I want to do something different, which Honestly, Giannis is so damn likable that if I were Milwaukee, I'd be like, yeah, I understand that. That's relatable. <laughs> well, he's already won them one, you know. You already so. got one. Win, win, us, two, win yeah. us two more, and then you can go. Well, I mean, that yeah, <laughs> certainly helps, doesn't it? I mean, the first time LeBron left Cleveland, if he had won one in Cleveland and then left, I, I feel like Cleveland would have been like, well, okay, it sucks, but I get it. <laughs> it's true. But then we wouldn't have had the f- most incredible championship ever to the to, – I'll, I don't think I'll ever see anything as yeah, incredible as that, yeah. actually. Yeah, 2016, the that finals, that game seven, yeah. I I don't cry during games that often, but I actually cried during that one when LeBron fell on the court at the end. Yeah, I remember. he and Kevin Love were both like, 
just distraught with joy, you know? Like, that's what you love to see. You love to see that. Same thing, and then er, like, to see er, later that year, uh, when the Cubs won, too, I rewatched that all the time. That final out when oh, the yeah. Cubs finally won. Yeah, I remember when that happened. The good stuff, man. Uh, the Warriors suck again. <laughs> Lakers still <laughs> I suck. I haven't seen We've them at all. Uh, <laughs> Why are the Warriors not winning? I haven't seen. They've lost six games on the road this season. Dang. They have lost five, Do they have in, everybody? five in a row. Is everyone playing? Uh, yeah. I mean, no one played in their last game. They didn't have Curry, Dr- Green, Clay, or Wiggins. But they've lost four in a row now. No, five in a row. And they've lost all six games on the road. Yeah, it's a it's a mess. I'm sure that they'll figure it out because that's what championship teams do. So I'm not too that's worried right. about them. But <laughs> that's right. I'm, Is it possible they're still hung over? It's possible. From the ship. It's also possible that maybe I don't know, maybe they're the the punch uh really rattled them, you know? I don't know. I would like to think that it did. <laughs> I would like to think that they maybe finally be done. Might be, finally be over. Uh, the Lakers suck too. And for once, I, like LeBron looks like he is not good anymore. I mean, he's obviously LeBron, but like he is the worst. He has the worst shooting percentage on jump shots. I think in the whole NBA this season. Oh boy, he's not been. You it's guys, not been great. We're talking about the same league that Alexei Pokusevsky's in. So that is right. Run. Run well, that's the crazy thing is that Russ is is shooting better than LeBron and Anthony Davis this season. Here's the thing: everyone is like, that, that, yes, that is good. That is not shocking to me. Anthony Davis's field goal percentage has never been like wow to me while he's been with the Lakers. No, I mean he played really well in the bubble. Yeah. But that's after having 6 months of rest to mend his glass bones. <laughs> and now he's got to hurt back again and will probably be hurt and probably grimace every single time you see him play the entire season until mm-hmm. finally he suddenly can't do it anymore right around the playoffs and then they'll get swept out of the first round if they even get that far. Russ is coming off the bench. And I'm very happy to see that he's been playing much better now that they've actually allowed him to play his brand of basketball. Um, it's still very frustrating. And it's frustrating in the discourse, as usual, with everything around Russ, because now everyone's like, everyone, he's he's so much, uh, Bench Brook is so much better, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, this has nothing to do with him coming off the bench. This has to do with what the Lakers are putting around him. They could have done this when he with him starting too. Why don't you put LeBron off the bench and see if it's they're still this successful? Because I bet they'd be exactly. just as successful. <laughs> it has nothing to do. Like if you look at if you look at those the big three guys on that team and you watch them play and you're like, you point to Russ as being the one that's washed. Come on, come on, he can still run. Correct. Anyway, this has been your weekly I love Russell Westbrook announcement. Uh, Houston's one and nine, no surprise. Orlando's two and eight, Detroit two and eight. So the bottom of the league is solid. Good job, guys. Every team has won at least one game. Everyone's won at least one. Here's what I'll say. 
I think we talked a little bit about them last week, but you know, Cleveland is still eight and one. So out of the East, that is probably it's not a surprise as much as it's like, oh boy, they're doing it. That's kind of what it's <laughs> that's that's it how it feels for me at least. I think that they're gonna be uh it's hard to, to put them as a contender, but they're gonna be a, a very, very difficult out in the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to see Donovan Mitchell like really fully show up this year. Now that he's not got the baggage of Rudy Gobert around him anymore. I mean, okay, to Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both trying to uh, be upset with us right now. So as we're recording, that game just finished, and LeBron ended up with 27-7-4 and four with only one turnover and 13-23 and from the field. Anthony nope. Davis, 19-12 and 12 with four assists and a block, 7-12 from the field. So uh, fuck us, I guess. But uh, they still lost by 14 <laughs> points. They still lost. To the Cleveland Cavaliers. With uh, Donovan Mitchell going mm. for 33 again and then 10 of 17 from the field. And Darius Garland getting 24 but five turnovers. And they still won. And he went 7 of 18 from the field. So like an inefficient great game from Darius Garland and then an amazing game from Donovan Mitchell again is enough to beat the Lakers. <laughs> They're just a freaking mess, man. I'm, I, 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 I'm at this point where I'm like, as long as Russ plays well and his numbers show that he plays well because those aren't the same thing as we know they have to show these playing well i don't care what happens to the lakers because i know it's not it's not russ's fault and i know that russ is still a good player and hey he got mvp chance the other day in los angeles i saw it did he really did yeah that is so surprising. I'm not to me. sure he deserved it. He, I don't think he's had 20 points in a single <laughs> game this season, but uh, he's still playing well. Lots of players that get the MVP. The, he, he, he did. He had like 27 in that game, I think. Can I tell you guys to tell the tape of this particular game because it is glaring? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Okay. Do it. So how three point that? shooting. Well, yeah, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> it was bad for both teams, actually. Give That's me not- what you think the field goal percentage was for the Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. 37%. 44%. 37 of 84. What about the Lakers? 29%. 46%. 40 of 87. What? what? Now, How did you frame this question? You got me. It doesn't compute. Wait. You wait. You wait. Three-pointers. Okay. Uh, Cleveland probably went... You want percentage six of twenty-six. Or, I don't know what that would be percentage-wise, but they went eight of thirty-two, twenty-five <laughs> percent from three. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then the Lakers probably went like three of twenty-nine. They actually were better. They went eight of twenty-seven, twenty-nine, almost thirty percent. Now wow. free throws. Turn. Go. Oh no! <laughs> were they? The Cavaliers was- took. 36 free throws, first of all. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you think the percentage was? Mm, I bet you they were 72? 70. Oh, I was going to say 72. Yeah, 72. 89%, 32 or 36. Well, that, wow. that's it right there. The Lakers took 21 free throws. Guess their percentage. 54%. 57.1. 57.1. Uh, you were very close. No. 12 11 of 21? 
total rebounds was pretty close. Cleveland had 48. Lakers had 43. The Lakers had 24 assists to the Cavaliers, 19. That's both really and low. What are the turnovers? 16 turnovers for the Lakers. I'm sure Russ had four. <laughs> okay. The Lakers had 56 points in the paint. I don't understand. I'm completely. I don't understand what that doesn't tell me anything about this game. Here's now what I'm, I'm telling confused. you right now. There are 15 more free throws on the Cleveland Cavaliers side. That's the one big sign. points. 14 and they points. Won by yeah. 14 points. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Free throw attempts because Lakers didn't yeah. shoot very well and the Cleveland yeah, did. Attempts. Exactly. Yeah, well, we're talking about more made free throws than we're talking about 20, 20 more made free throws than them. Yeah, not good. (laughs) Not good. Russ had 19 and 10. He had 10 assists somehow. Yeah, I don't, I just don't, they're just a mess, man. They don't have anything. They don't have, they don't have any, any, there's no release valve for that team. Even Kevin Love had a double double off the bench, ten and ten. Kevin Love had a there. Cleveland had a game the other day that where I want to say Kevin Love and Donovan Mitchell both had eight threes. I think it was the yeah. first time ever, in or for maybe for Cleveland where but two teammates had eight threes each. It's wild. Oh. <sighs> Well, I think with that, yeah, I, will, stat. I will get us down here. Uh, yeah. This day in NBA history. It's my favorite part of the show now. I'll have you know, Eddie. <laughs> that is an indictment of our show, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> then so be it. <laughs> oh, we just got through talking about him. Uh, but this is back when he was good, but still lost games. Uh, this guy had 43 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks, five personal fouls. Oof. Uh, 13 to 22 from the field in a 115-121 loss back in 2015. Which, who, which team again? Oh, I didn't say the teams. Uh, So this is one level in. This is uh, the teams are New Orleans and Atlanta. Five fouls in that line. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Mr. Glass Knees himself. Glass Knees. Glass Knees Davis. Glass Knees Davis. I remember when he was fun to watch in New Orleans. Yep. Remember how, how funny it used to be to watch? You're like, wow, how does he do all that? I still say that that brief stretch of time when DeMarcus Cousins first arrived before he got hurt, or no, before Anthony Davis got hurt, or one of them got hurt, but that brief stretch for like two months where those both those guys were healthy, that team like was yeah. one, of the, one of the funnest teams to watch. They were incredible. I remember. Yeah. Freaking- remember the team <laughs> that he uh, swept the Blazers in the playoffs uh-huh. too? Yep. That was nice. Thanks for that, Anthony Davis. I do enjoy we that. always remember you for that. I do enjoy that uh, Dame has a sweep in his record and Russ does not, thankfully, because Russ doesn't make Dame has multiple right sweeps, now. I believe. I believe he got yes. swept in the Western Conference playoffs that is, as well. That is also true. Uh, second and third on this were James Harden and Giannis. Just what you think. 
Uh, 43, we had a 50 burger from Michael Jordan back in 1996 mm. uh, at Miami, this one. F- pretty much straightforward Michael Jordan scoring game. He didn't really do much of anything else. Just put yeah. the ball in the basket. It's what you're this supposed game to do. Against always Miami. has been and will be about buckets. buckets. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. Against Miami in 96. 96. Can either of you name one player that he would have played against? Alonzo uh, Morning. Alonzo Morning. <laughs> maybe Morning, yeah. Um, Kendall Gill. Yeah, I think I've maybe exhausted my 1996 Miami Heat knowledge. No Kendall Gill? <laughs> uh, let me look. Let me pull it up here. 96 Heat. I definitely know a lot of these names, but I, I couldn't have told you any of them. I don't okay, see I'm a Kendall Gill. I'm going to keep trying. Uh, 96 is too late for so 96 97 were the was the season because okay November. that's that's way too late for dominique um 96 might still be scotty pippen no pippen was still in uh chicago okay 96 97 that was his last year there no uh, 97 98 was his last year Oh, then he went full, to that's right nba jam duh um okay uh <laughs> <laughs> uh what about Clyde Drexler? Mm, no. Did he ever play in Miami? Oh, I was thinking of Portland. Clearly. Okay. I hmm, man, Same I got colors. Kind of. This one's I weird. I, I didn't know he played in there in Miami. Dan Marley. I knew that, but I couldn't. I was he was. I only said Phoenix in my head for 96, and I was like, no, Dan Marley plays. For yeah, Phoenix I don't, I don't remember when he went there. Jamal Mashburn <sighs> was there. I did Kurt not know Thomas. that at all. I knew that, but I, I, I that must have been early I don't think in his about career. him. I just don't think about him. And yeah, that had to have been he. That must have been like his rookie season. Yeah. It was no, yeah. What no? It was the second season. Um, Ed Pinkney. I don't know who that is. No, me either. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Bowen, Willie really? Anderson. Yep. Really, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen. I didn't know that he played in my, in Miami. I, it was his. He literally. Is, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He literally played w- one game in Miami. <laughs> okay, there we go. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Okay, one game was in ninety six, ninety seven. That would be crazy. One, one game in ninety six, ninety seven. Then he played in Boston for two seasons. Then uh, a mixture, and then Philly, and then he went back to Miami for a couple seasons before joining San Antonio. For what his about Tim Hardaway Senior? Tim Hardaway was on that team, yes. Okay, that's the only other person. I maybe like PJ Brown. That's like the only person I could possibly think of. Uh, who led the team in minutes per game? Yeah, Tim Hardaway led the team, and Jamal Mash- Mashburn and Alonzo Mourning. Sasha Danilovich. I never heard of that guy before. Is PJ Brown on that team? Yes, PJ Brown. PJ Brown is hilarious because on that like NBA Live, like the '97 '98 NBA Live. I always thought his particular body was hilarious and it was like awful, but it was like a very middle school. Like his, he looks goofy. Like I remember thinking that watching this game, he was and on the Celtics it. championship team. PJ Brown. Yes. That, he was 38 years old. I don't know if he actually played in the playoffs at all. He played 18 games for him. He was a box. <laughs> his body shape is box. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. For some reason, I kept thinking about. I thought he was the dude that did the, the dunk in the dunk contest where he like squeezed the tongue of the shoes. 
Oh, no, 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 no. that one? Who, who yeah, am I thinking talking of? about? Because uh, he, he played for Boston, and I was like, didn't P.J. Brown play for Boston? The pumps, the pumps. Oh, what are they yeah, called? I don't. I can't remember. I'm not a dunk history uh, uh, guru. I don't or uh, what's the word? Scholar. Well, uh, let's look at the schedule. Schedule. Oh yeah, let's do it. Um, do we want to just stick to this two every two weeks? I'm trying to yeah. see here. Next Sunday, I have a or not next Sunday, but the, like the twentieth. Oh, it's D we Brown. In, that's why D Brown. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because he also did um, the cover your eyes. He did the lean. Yes. Uh, so the twentieth, I do have a church gig in the morning, but that's no big deal. And that is the week before Thanksgiving, so I assume you guys will be free. I am free. Cool. I believe I am free. All right, so let's look at what we got here. This week we're in Detroit. We come back home for a rematch against Milwaukee, and then we go out the door to, uh, or no, then we're we're still at home against Toronto. Then we got a back-to-back, Knicks, Celtics, both on the road. Actually, that's a part of a big, uh, long road trip for us. Knicks, Celtics, back-to-back, and then to Washington, and then Memphis. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Mm. Detroit, Milwaukee, Toronto, Knicks, Celtics, Wizards, Grizzlies. Hmm. It's hard to say, man, because we won four in a row. Yeah. It was a yeah. lot easier when I was convinced we weren't going to win any games. <laughs> but now I'm like, hey, maybe we will. I mean, I think they're going to get the Pistons coming off that loss I'll yesterday. I'll be honest, we better get the Pistons. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. want it. And Shay better just stomp all over Cade Cunningham. I'm, say, I want okay, say them again. Already. <laughs> say them again who we're playing. Um... Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's kind of tough, and there a lot of these teams I don't know anything about. Like I I don't know much about how Boston is playing so far this year. They're pretty decent, and I don't know. I know nothing about the Knicks. I the feel Knicks are, I feel like they just ha- they exist in a space that is just the Knicks. There's yeah. no qu- no qualitative uh, way to say that. It's just they're the Knicks. Like, that is a lot just, of like, Eastern Conference like, teams. Oh, the that Knicks. is a lot of Eastern teams. I would put the Pacers in that same boat and like yeah, the I'm going to say road trip against the East. Uh, yeah, but really, a, it's like a six game road trip, except we have the one game here with Milwaukee. It's going to be a tough week for the Thunder because they're going to be out. It is be out on the road yeah. for ten days, really. Yeah, they got four games and five nights too. It looks like or six nights anyway. Yeah, that's six gonna nights, be four games, yeah. six nights. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I hope we beat. I hope we beat Detroit. I, that one I expect. I'll be honest. I Milwaukee is due for a loss at any point. I would not be shocked if we went in there and upset them, especially because I yeah it wouldn't surprise it's a home me game if for they, us. Uh, that's my if goal. They, if they rested Giannis again, I actually am yeah. hoping that they go eighty-one and one, and we're the only loss they had <laughs> in Oklahoma City. And somehow we great. make it into the playoffs and the finals is us against them. It's like, can we Perfect. win one in Milwaukee? 
<laughs> they haven't shown plot. that they can beat us in Oklahoma City yet. <laughs> correct. That's oh, correct. What, what, I'm gonna, what a fan I'm going to shoot with... I'm going to shoot with three wins. I say I like they get three th- I like wins. three and four. That put us back yeah. at 500, I think. Or no, are we two under 500 now? No, we're only one under 500. Mm-hmm. Three and four would put us back at 500. I I want to stick with us the pace of staying at 500 so that I feel very confident about Shea being an all-star. Right. So I like it. Three and four sounds good to me, too. I, I said they beat the Knicks too. I think Shea is going to show out in that game, Madison Square Garden Sunday afternoon. I yeah, I think that's going to be a, a good platform game for him. Actually, I feel like the Toronto Raptors are one of those teams that we're never going to beat, just because they take every game seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it feels like they they kind of have to. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we're going to beat the Knicks. I think we're going to beat Detroit. I give me four. Give me four. All right, Mister Positivity. I like give it. Four. So you're thinking De- Detroit, New York, Washington, and I'm saying Memphis. Give me. Is it not New York twice? No. Oh, not until the next one. Oh, not, that's the next day. This is it's going to be tough. Getting getting four will be tough. Getting three will be. I mean, even the three that I'm thinking are like they're not gimmies. Nah, it's just going to be a freak I do, adventure I do situation. Think We're going to beat Toronto. <laughs> our guys love playing in Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and since this is the only time they'll get to do that this year, I have I'm confident we're going to win that game. I would, love, for. I would love for us to beat Cade Cunningham and John Morant on this next two weeks. That would make me feel very happy. So you're seeing four and four or four and three, yeah. four and three, four and three, four and three. Now you're going to give us an extra loss for four and four. <laughs> We're just going to, there's going to be an extra game in there. <laughs> me too. All right. I don't have anything else to say. Victor, do you have any declarations? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that we're going to lose two more coaches in the next time before the next time we pod. That's what I think. I don't know who. That's actually spicy. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I can see that happening. And I think Utah will start sucking finally. That's what I think too. (laughs) Yeah. We will see. The stories of this season are yet to be told. As they say, lots of basketball to watch, lots of basketball to enjoy. And with that, thanks so much for listening to Thunder Moneyball Poli- pot, Politics. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. they don't want that pod. Yes. Man. <laughs> I believe the show is called Thunder Moneyball Podcast. Follow us on social media at podcast underscore thunder on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your life. Bye. Bye. Bye.